2: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are joined now by a candidate for the Democrat nomination running against Joe Biden. He is Robert F. Kennedy Jr., an environmental lawyer, author known for activism and for being the son, of course, of U.S. Senator Robert F. Kennedy, nephew of John F. Kennedy, former president JFK, and mr kennedy appreciate you joining us i wanted to hit you uh with the polling that is out there which i know it's early but fox news released a poll this morning that i saw that has you at 19 percent support joe biden has already basically announced that he's going to refuse to debate you what are you hearing what are you seeing and what do you think of biden's refusal to debate you
1: Well, i think that's unfortunate i think you know, we're living at a time that there's a, a lot of Americans who are losing faith in democracy or have lost faith in it and who believe that the system is rigged, and that democracy is broken. And I think it's really time for the Democratic Party particularly to to, to persuade people to to make this election a template. Or how democracy is supposed to work—to have real debates, to do town halls, to do real politics, retail politics—and not have the the nominees for each party picked by the you know a party elite.
2: We're talking to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. You tweeted yesterday, and I want to read this. It's dawning on mainstream figures like Anthony Fauci that their COVID policies were a public health disaster. Lots of us are angry about the mandates, the lockdowns, the censorship, the insanity. But we need to avoid the toxic quagmire of retribution and blame and focus on ensuring this never happens again. Clean up the regulatory agencies, get corporate money out of public health and guarantee free, open, uncensored public and scientific discourse. Uh, I'm sure you've seen Randy Weingarten showing up on Capitol Hill, the uh, head of the teachers union and claiming that she didn't advocate to shut down schools when in fact she did. I'm sure you've seen Fauci saying, hey, I never said that schools should shut down or that we should lock down when in fact he did. How do we move forward here? And how big of a failure in your mind was COVID? Have you seen anything like it in your life?
1: No, I don't think anybody has. And let me clarify something about that tweet. You know, I've been litigating for... 40 years, and the people who broke the law and who illegally forced people to do things that, that, you know, that were illegal to do, to, to use illegal coercion, should be prosecuted. And then they attacked the Bill of Rights. They took away our free speech, our First Amendment right. They took away our... They closed the churches for a year. They went after our freedom of assembly by getting us to social distance, again, without any scientific citation or due process. They shut down the businesses in violation of the Fifth Amendment without due process or just compensation. They shut down jury trials for any of these companies, no matter how negligent they were, no matter how reckless their conduct, no matter how grievous your injury, you cannot sue them. And they collaborated with these pharmaceutical companies, which were we now know were lying about their products. They knew the products didn't work. They knew they didn't block transmission. They knew they didn't uh, prevent infections. And yet they were openly lying about it. Democracy cannot last long in that kind of system.
2: So much of what you said I know our audience is going to agree with. You're running on the Democrat side of the ledger. Why do you think almost no Democrats are willing to acknowledge just about everything that you said?
1: It's very strange to me. One of the troubling things about the pandemic is that people I know, people I'm friendly with, people I'm related to, simply walked away from the, from the values that I always assumed as the bedrock values of the Democratic Party, include beginning with freedom of speech. You, know, you have many Democrats out there that have co-signed on censorship, which, you know, to me is just a, a red line that can never be crossed. Our Constitution was not built for easy times. It was built for the hard times. And the framers did not put a pandemic exception in it. But the Constitution, you know, during the Civil War, our country was on the verge of falling apart. And when Abraham Lincoln tried to suspend habeas corpus, The court said you can't do that. The Constitution is inviolable. And by the way, the framers knew all about pandemics. There were two pandemics during the Revolutionary War. Uh, There was a malaria epidemic that decimated the armies of Virginia. There was a smallpox epidemic that froze the armies of New England during a critical period when we had already conquered Montreal. And then between the end of the revolution and the ratification of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, there were a dozen other epidemics. So they knew all about epidemics, but they didn't put that in the Constitution.
2: You mentioned the way people have responded to you. Both Buck and I have had friends and family that have been upset with us for talking about the truth on COVID. You, I imagine, given that you are not only connected at high levels of Democrat politics based on your family, but also... Your history of living in Hollywood and interacting with many people in the entertainment industry, I imagine have felt castigated and tossed aside, maybe unlike at any point in your life. What has that experience been like for you and have any of those people come back to you now? as suddenly it's becoming quite clear that lockdowns were a disaster, that kids should have never been out of school, that the COVID shot did not do, as you say, what we were all told by Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson it would do. Have people started to return to you? What was your experience like over the last three years speaking these truths that, frankly, a lot of people didn't want to hear?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was very isolated during that period. For me, I'm not troubled by it because... I knew what I had to do. And, you know, what other people think of me is not really my business. It was painful to lose a lot of these relationships, but I felt like I was, you know, in some ways just given a gift because, it, you know, you you want to spend your life doing something that's worthwhile, and that's always going to be painful and difficult. So those difficulties you kind of have to embrace. And that's how I looked at it. But what I've seen is that there is an openness now to people criticizing these products and that a lot of my friendships and kind of friends are coming back and, you know, who were avoiding me because I seem to them like a dangerous person. And, you know, listen, we've known for a long time that it's a huge mistake to give this vaccine to children. Children and, and college age kids have so few risks from COVID, we've known from the beginning. Yeah. And the vaccine is a high-risk product. So why would you give that to a kid with essentially zero risk from the disease?
2: We're talking to Robert Kennedy uh, Jr., who's running for the Democrat nomination for uh, the presidency in 2024. He just recently announced he's got 19% support in the most recent poll released today by Fox News. How do you think... You're a history guy. I love the uh, analogies that you drew to how uh, people in the United States have dealt with pandemics before and even how the founding fathers did both during the Revolutionary War and the drafting of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the documents that are underlying our democracy today. How do you think your dad and John F. Kennedy would have responded to covid uh, as Democrats in the 1960s? Because everybody likes to talk about history, and obviously your uncle and your father are stalwarts of the Democrat Party. How do you think they would have responded to what you know, they yeah, Clay, saw happen in this country uh, during COVID?
1: Yeah, Clay, I can't give you a good answer. To, I mean, I, I'm i not going to give you a good answer, a satisfying answer to that, because I have 10 brothers and sisters and a lot of cousins and all of them kind of have ownership claims on my uncle and father. So all of us make a practice out of courtesy to each other of not sort of claiming my father and my uncle's premature for our own personal issues. And it's just something we do. So I try to avoid doing that. I mean, I have really clear thoughts about what i think but it's not something because of that practice in my family that i would share publicly you
2: know what that's actually a fantastic i've never heard that answer given to a question like that but i actually think it's a it's a fantastic answer sir i mean i i really do so let me just ask you a couple of things to finish then you mentioned the history books 50 100 years from now how do you think covid will be covered in this country how do you hope this era will be covered in the country? How do you think it will?
1: Well, I don't know that either. And the reason I don't know that is because I don't even know where this country is headed right now. I'm very worried about what the future looks like. And, you know, this is something that I, I've talked about, and it's kind of a theme with me, is with you have now these technologies for control that... Uh, were unavailable to totalitarian systems in prior generations, so that, you know, the ambition of every totalitarian system is to control every aspect of human behavior and even human thought. But none of them have ever been able to do that because the technology has not been available. But now we have these very frightening, not only surveillance technologies, but AI technologies that can manipulate our minds, that can manipulate our worldviews in ways that are incredibly insidious. And in the hands of totalitarian systems, that kind of turnkey totalitarianism that we have will be capable of changing human behavior, intervening with our perceptions of reality in ways that are very, very frightening. I don't know what's going to come, but what I do know is the only way that we can deal with this is by strengthening our democratic institutions to guard ourselves against the rise of that kind of totalitarianism because once it's out there it will be impossible to defeat and we need now we should we should not be weakening these institutions at this moment in history we need to be fortifying and bolstering them to make sure that those technologies are not unleashed upon us as a tool for control by totalitarian forces
2: last question for you and i appreciate the time we're talking to robert f kennedy jr you're right that we're in a very crucible moment i think everybody out there listening to us on the show certainly understands that across the country yet joe biden has almost no challengers i think it's fair to say that Given the fact that he has a forty percent approval rating, roughly nationwide, there's lots of people unsatisfied with uh, the, the the direction of the country right now. Why do you think almost no other Democrat has stepped up to challenge him?
1: Uh, because the DNC is the DNC has a capacity to to ruin your political career, and so I think most of the Democrats are are frightened of the DNC and unleashing uh, you know a <laughs> a lava storm on them if they they try to enter the race. You know, I mean, one of the disappointing things that happened to me over the past couple of weeks that I, you know, I witnessed was Bernie Sanders, who, you know, who endorsed the president. Um, And essentially, you know, he's been the leader of the progressive wing of the party, and he got nothing in return. And it was very, very odd that he would do that because, he, you know, he's been against war. He's been against corporatism. He's been against this uh, merger of state and corporate power that, that President Biden represents with you know, surrounded by all of his Wall Street people and his neocons and all the people who are now, you know, running the White House. And it's very, very odd to me that, you know, that Bernie Sanders would have done that. And I don't know what motivated him, but that to me is, I think, the biggest disappointment.
2: Well, we appreciate your time today. We'll probably be willing to have you on going forward. I know our audience was very interested to hear from you. Uh, Good luck in the campaign, and, uh, and we appreciate the time today.
1: Hey, Clay, thank you so much for having me. Look forward to talking again.
2: For sure. That is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running for the Democrat primary nomination in the race 2024. You can react to that, 800-282-2882, if you would like, as we roll through hour number two. Reminder, Kelly Craft, Marco Rubio, still to come next hour. We want to tell you, the team at MyPillow wants you to get a great night's sleep every night. They've got the most comfortable set of sheets on sale to make that all come true. The Giza Dream Sheets, they are made from soft cotton found in the region of Egypt called Giza. They are the softest, most comfortable sheets you'll find. They're back on sale at their lowest price ever, starting right now. At twenty nine ninety-eight per set. You can find them online at mypillow.com. Use our names as the promo code Clay and Buck when you're online to get these amazing sheets starting at just twenty-nine ninety-eight per set. Again, go to mypillow.com, click on Radio Listener Specials, check out this sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. We got them throughout the whole Travis household. You'll love them in your home as well. Use that code CLAY and Buck. You can also call 800 792 3269
3: Podcast Network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.
0: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
1: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.
6: Welcome back to Clay and Buck. Uh, good stuff there, Clay, with RFK. And, uh, I think this is going to be interesting as it plays out the Democrat side. Also, that news, uh, earlier about looks like Manchin may not even run for the Senate in, uh, in West Virginia. We'll follow up on all that. But, you know, right now, something else we had brought up. I just, I, I want to play the audio. We can come back into this a little bit more, Clay. Because we, we're talking about how does Kamala get elected? How do you get elected as a Democrat with, no discernible skills, charisma, or knowledge in a very big. I mean, I, I think that's fair, right? No, I, <laughs> I mean, just it's you know. just
2: such a devastating synopsis of her political career. I, just, just, uh, yes.
6: just call it like I see it. You know, just call it like I see it. Well, you get the unions, particularly the teachers union, the public sector unions, SEIU as well, things like that. Here's Randy Weingarten of the American Federation of Teachers on Capitol Hill yesterday. Um, the she's she's appalling I wanna she's an appalling person play 20
0: I'm sorry Congressman Raskin I'm just we spent every day from February on trying to get schools open we knew that remote education was not a substitute for opening schools but we also knew that people had to be safe and maybe it's because I live in New York City I live near a hospital Every other minute, there was an ambulance. There was terror. Our members were terrified. Others were terrified. And what we were simply looking for was clear scientific guidance. Okay, and when no, no, we no. Couldn't...
6: No, no, no. No, no, no. She is lying to you. She sat down with and developed the guidance with Fauci and the Biden White House. And because of her... An entire additional year of schooling was lost for millions and millions of children across the country. And it was all the Democrats. It was all their election machinery and the teachers unions. And look, I I think if this is handled right, this should be an elect uh, an issue in 2024. There should be. Maybe we can't get accountability on masks. Right. Maybe people want to forget that, Clay. The school closures. Kids' lives are altered because of what Randy Weingarten and the lazy people running the AFT demanded. I would love
2: a deep dive on, do you remember Buck in June of 2020, the American Academy of Pediatrics, and I may be misquoting them or mis uh, signifying them, but that's basically their name. It's all the pediatricians. They came out and said it was important that every kid needed to be back in school in the fall of 2020. The teachers' unions went to war with them. They changed their guidance. Yes, do
6: you remember that? Yes, I do. Good point, my friends. I want to talk to you about an accomplishment. Every day, one organization saves the lives of at least 150 unborn children. Over the course of the past 17 years, that same organization has helped to save the lives of more than 200,000 unborn babies. The Freeborn Network of Clinics nationwide welcomes young women who are with that terrible decision in their lives of what to do with their pregnancy because many of them are scared they're being pressured they're young women they think they don't have options and they think the abortion is the only option but it's not Freeborn seeks these women out before they make the ultimate choice and introduces them to the growing life inside them through an ultrasound you and me we the pro-life community are the source of their funding it is our donations that allow them to save lives because once a mother hears the heartbeat, sees the precious life inside her, most often she chooses life. Go online now to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. Or using your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say baby. Sponsored by Preborn.
2: Welcome back in Clay Travis Buck Sexton show rolling through with you guys Thursday edition of the program. Encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast. Sign up for us on YouTube. Just type in Clay Travis Buck Sexton on any platform. You'll be able to find us. Boom, you're underway. Wanted to update uh, one little thing, Buck. The Senate blocked. You know the House passed the bill that would say, hey, you should men should play it compete against men and women should compete against women. Democrats in the Senate blocked that bill from even being voted on. Think about think about how crazy the world we live in is now. No Democrat voted in favor of women competing against women and men competing against men in the House. And then because they control the Senate, they blocked Tommy Tuberville, Senator from Alabama, from even being able to bring that bill up for a vote. Credit to Riley Gaines. She has a uh, story out um, and a letter out they wrote it's uh, Capitol Hill. They got 70 different high-level women athletes to sign on to this, and I feel like a lot of women are finally starting to respond, and I don't know if you saw Martina Navratilova, legendary tennis player, uh women's star, she went after Leah Thomas over the, the idea that feminists should be supporting trans women, Um, and I feel like a lot of women are finally starting to step up here, Buck, and be willing to engage in the fray. But think about where we are, that a major political party won't even allow a vote to take place on whether women should be able to compete against women.
6: You see, the number one story on on foxnews.com right now is a trans female, and we know it's always a guy, right, posing as a woman, trans female runner, got first place, what a shock, among 14,000 women at the London Marathon and is now saying, well, if this upsets people so much, I'll give, I'll give the medal back. So you see, this is, this is the, the reason that we continue to focus on this is because it keeps happening. Yes. And the entire Democrat party and the, really the globalist left is pushing this as much as possible. Um, and what you see is it, think, think about the psychology of this for all the win, the actual women running in this race. The champion of your race was a dude. And you're supposed to think that's okay. You know, if you run a marathon, you run 26 miles or whatever it is. I've never done a marathon, but it's 26 miles, right? Based on Pheidippides, ancient Greece. We'll talk about that another time. So you run a marathon. The person who comes in first, you get to be like, oh, man, she's she's amazing. Like, look what she was able to accomplish through hard work and perseverance and God-given talent. And now for the 15,000 women at marathon, it's, you know, look at Bob. He runs real fast. (laughs) That's reality, folks. That is the truth. And by the way, the news articles that are writing on this are calling it uh calling the individual here Glenique Frank a she. Glenique Frank is not a she. Correct. That is confusing to people because it is untrue. Glenique Frank is a he.
2: Big balls on Glenique Frank. Uh Russia in Wisconsin. Wants to react, uh, to the RFK. It must be, be
6: Rusha. Is it Rusha
2: or Russia? Did I mispronounce it? Russia? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not great at pronunciations. Are you there?
1: It's, I'm here. It's Rochelle.
2: Rochelle. Well, Rochelle I have, I thought Rusha seemed unlikely from our esteemed, uh, call screening staff, but Rochelle, uh, Rochelle is much, uh, much easier name to pronounce. What have you got for us?
1: All right. I have a question for you if this is all possible. Um, I'm listening to Kennedy the last couple months, and I like him, and I'm a Republican. And, you know, I might vote for him. Um, Is it all possible that we could get a Democrat and a Republican to run for public office to unite this country? Because we're really not that much different from the old Democrats, because I grew up Democratic, and then we changed with Reagan. So is it at all possible that maybe we could get a DeSantis and a Kennedy or for someone out there to run and unite this country, because right now we're so divided. So
4: nice it's a, fa- we- it's a
2: fascinating call. Here is what's interesting, Buck. DeSantis and RFK Jr. would be almost 100% in agreement on COVID. Now, there would be Clay, a lot Clay, of can opinions I, I can't, elsewhere. I can't do, this just, can't do this anymore. I can't do I'm this anymore. I'm just saying they would be 100% on
6: agreement on COVID. On COVID, which, yes. Yes, yes. On COVID. Here is... Yes. Here is RFK on other things. Here is for him. For example, he's on the Natural Resources Defense Council. He's a senior attorney for this. Is on climate one. He has a quote: "Our deadly addiction to carbon is the principal enemy to America's prosperity, leadership, and national security, and to the values that make us proud to be a part of this country." Yada yada yada. He's a climate loon. That that alone is totally Should be totally disqualifying. Everybody, I Clay, I am with you one hundred percent on the So he's true much on COVID. about COVID. That I'm
2: willing to overlook. If you're right on COVID, you're like a girl who is a a perfect ten. I'm willing to overlook a lot of crazy. Okay, I look. Uh, I just just want to go go on
6: the record that this he's not. He's not even remotely one of us in any other realm other than he'll take on big pharma. He's good on COVID. He was right during a time when all the other Democrats were wrong on. And he's right on the First
2: Amendment. I mean, he's right on the First Amendment, which is maybe the most interesting part, uh, I thought, of, of our conversation, is every other Democrat has basically abandoned the First Amendment, which is—and that's, to me, the first thing for me, as someone who was a persuadable voter and now thinks Democrats are crazy, the absence of the marketplace of ideas is is pretty wild. Sharon in Texas. Sharon, what you got? Thank you for
1: having RFK Jr. on I really enjoyed that, and it was refreshing to hear that he addressed just the issues, not other personalities, and I liked all his answers. And I'm a full Trump supporter, have been since the beginning, but I'm I'm very impressed with RFK Jr. And his book, my son got his book and read it, and he really liked it. It really turned him, it was a key turn for him. And, oh, oh, by the way, Earlier in the show, you said that Kamala Harris uh, was supported by the Democrat machine. True. But one little thing, um, Willie Brown in California did not support her running. In fact, he said, no, do not run for president or vice president.
6: That is, I, that is really funny. fascinating. I did not thank know you that. For, thank you for the call. Wow. Um, okay.
1: I think the
2: other thing RFK Jr. demonstrates, Buck, is how crazy left-wing Democrats have gone. And that's why the idea of Manchin actually running against Biden. Look, I think this this is what's wild to me. And that's why the RNDNC answer he gave was interesting. If Gavin Newsom ran against Joe Biden, I think Gavin Newsom would smoke Joe Biden. I, I, I don't think Gavin Newsom. I, I, you oh, know, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't
6: see that. I don't see oh, that. I Let me you tell would. you why. Because I think Clay now in the primary as it's structured, remember, the primary as it is structured. Which is has one been reason I re- think they changed it. Restructured for yeah. Biden. And the, uh, the, the primary determining demographic for the Democrat primary is going to be, uh, with the way they've structured it. Um, the, uh, black, black primary murders. voters yeah. and particularly female black primary Democrat voters. Joe Biden does very, he's very strong with, uh, with that demographic. He does very well with them. So that's why. I think you're right. If you could get to the point where all Democrats nationwide could just kind of have like a, you know, like a plebiscite or an all at once vote on Biden versus Newsom, I think that, yeah, maybe you'd get a Newsom win. But remember, it's just like it's just like Bernie Sanders, Hillary, right? They've structured it for Biden's benefit because that's what, you know, the the machine has decided for him. So that's you're right that they did that. I actually wonder, though
2: whether the play would be to just skip South Carolina, which is now the first primary state, because a lot of people would skip Iowa or at least argue, hey, we're New Hampshire first, whatever else. If you were running against Joe Biden, like let's just sketch out like your campaign plan, right? And you were a Democrat. To me, because they're rigging the system to such an extent in South Carolina, I think you just skip South Carolina, give Joe Biden the limited amount of delegates that he would get there, and immediately start competing in states where you could win. And I'll just say this too: I don't know that black voters. If you look at all the data, I don't know that black voters actually are going to show up in very good numbers for Joe Biden because they
6: did. The black they did the last time though. They uh,
2: did the last time, and that's true. And they James didn't Clyburn. show up for
6: Hillary in 2016, by the way, the same way, which was a huge, uh, you know. And, and but by the way, 2020, campaign. they
2: didn't show up. In anywhere near the numbers that they showed up for Obama in 12. Certainly they didn't show up for Hillary in 16.
6: Right. Well, now, now we're, now we're talking about like the all time sort of high water mark of participation, right? Versus, you know, Democratic norms. But they, Biden, look, we all know that South Carolina switched for Biden. That's, that's how he did it, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Gavin, here's the problem that Gavin Newsom faces, Clay. I don't think Gavin Newsom plays well in swing states at all, even among Democrats. I don't think the Democrat voters in Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, I don't think they trust Newsom over Joe Biden at this point. I remember, Joe Biden's the brand. You know what God, I mean? 70% He's the guy. of
2: Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run. We've never seen anything like this.
6: I think they what? say that, but they're all going to vote for it. I, just, well, like, that, because I think, I think there's a cognitive
2: be, dissonance. I, I, th- I think you're right, because he's going to be the option. And this is one thing where Biden is right. He keeps saying, don't judge me against the almighty. Judge me against the other option or you know, yeah. something along that line. So they will show up eventually and, and push the Biden ticket. But what I'm saying is, I think there are, I could probably name you five or six people that I think if they actually got in the race, remember right now, RFK Jr. is getting 19% of the vote. I mean, th- that is pretty crazy for a guy that just announced last week and that most people don't really know because I think there's a, actually a lot of Democrats
6: that are coming around on COVID. I, mean, I do. Look I really back, do. You look back at... Look, I... I he. I I get credit where it's due, right? He's great on COVID. I think you guys had a, a really interesting inter, I just couldn't make it for that, everybody. By the way, I wasn't not willing to talk to him or anything. Yes, um, yes,
2: yes. But, you know, but, but, yeah, we had to schedule that I, outside of I had of a the scheduling hours. issue, yes. not a
6: like, I won't talk to RFK issue. It wasn't that. Um, but I, I think Clay, you can see there are a lot of people in recent presidential primary cycles who kind of had a moment, you know, Newt Gingrich had a moment. Yep. Chris Christie had a moment. Rudy, Rudy Giuliani had more than a moment. He like, it was his He was calutes, the favorite, seemed, no way. right? He was the favorite. Um, so I, I just feel like Democrats never, we can't hope that, or I should say we can't count on, we can hope, but we can't count on Democrats making the mistake of dividing themselves when they have a Democrat in the White House. I just feel like they, they will Bernie Sanders this situation. Remember what the super delegates did with Hillary? They will just deal with it. You know, though. Anyway, that's my sense. I mean, one of the
2: biggest stories of the 2016 campaign that nobody talks about is, the actual rig job was against Bernie Sanders by the, uh, by the DNC. 100%. And we actually know 100% it happened because yeah. we saw the emails themselves because of the Hillary hacking. Uh, look, the market's been brutal. Everyone's talking about inflation. It's everywhere. Buck and I recently met with Dutch Mendenhall. Dutch is the founder of Rad Diversified. He's a patriot, loves our military, gives a lot back to our veterans. Dutch and his team are experts at buying cash flowing real estate. They brought major stability to thousands of investors in the most volatile of times. For a minimum of $1,000, you can access Rad Diversified's lucrative real estate portfolio. Dutch takes pride in ensuring all their investors leave a legacy for future generations. Visit raddiversified.com. That's R-A-D diversified.com. Connect with one of their team members to learn more. With Rad Diversified, you can reap all the benefits of being a real estate investor without any of the heavy lifting, starting at only $1,000. We strongly recommend having a diversified investment portfolio Rad Diversified can help. All investments involve risk. Consult a financial advisor and read the prospectus before investing. Learn more at raddiversified.com. Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you
3: get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.
0: More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
1: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.
5: that we're valued that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of 0 to 7, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like how do I detach from my from this idea of what do is that is that my baggage?
4: It look like my baggage. I mean, I know oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Welcome back to Clay and Buck. Uh, Coming up in the next hour, we've got uh,
4: Senator Marco Rubio.
6: You know, he doesn't do a lot of media, so we're looking forward to talking to him. You know, he's not... Not say like Senator Lindsey Graham, who I feel like has a little cot in the corner of the cable <laughs> news world where he can I mean, sleep, I would make you
2: know? fun of it, but I literally have a camera and a, a television here, so I could, I could go on at any moment too. So, uh, yeah. It's true.
6: I do, we do feel like content hobbits sometimes. Like we're just yes. in these little ecosystems, making, talking, video, TV, everything. But anyway, um, uh, Marco Rubio will be with us also. Uh, we'll be joined by a very interesting Kentucky. Governor uh, gubernatorial candidate Clay, correct, right? uh, which which we're excited about because I think it, it's a shock to me as i like, I've actually never been to Kentucky, which is embarrassing. I need to go, but really, um, yeah, never been. You never need been. to go.
2: I got a text the other day. Keeneland is the. You ever been to a horse race in Kentucky?
6: No, that's. I think I'm going to go to the Keeneland race next year. Um, I may have been talking oh. to a mutual friend of ours about going to check out Kentucky because I, I just need to go. And uh, I hear I hear you know it's beautiful. I hear great things. Anyway, um, we will get to uh, Kelly Craft. uh, She is candidate for the next governor of Kentucky. Anyway, it's just a shock to anybody who's not from Kentucky that you have a Democrat governor there. Crazy. All right. We have Tim in Michigan wants to weigh in on the RFK interview. Tim, what's going on?
3: Yeah, hey, good afternoon, guys. So, hey, really quick, uh, Robert F.K. Kennedy or whatever was just on, you know, he's uh, deciding to uh, um,
2: go, okay, so what? Here's something that maybe you guys are not aware of, and I just want your listeners to, to, to be to be aware of this. So the guy's a fraud, okay, period, point blank. I, what people probably don't realize is there's actually a video out there of him, okay, specifically saying that anybody does not believe in climate change and doesn't support it, that's against it,
3: should be in prison. All you got to do is go out to YouTube and find T- Tim, it. Tim, I'm just wondering, have you been listening to the show the last
6: hour? I just read a quote five minutes ago and called him a climate lunatic. So you got to, buddy, you got to stay with us, man. You got you to gotta keep up with us here. You know, look, you're right. I mean, he's, thank you for calling in, Tim, in Michigan. I just point this stuff out because I think that often we see someone cross over on one issue, and it's worth it. Like, that's what, Clay did this interview with him. He's right on, he was right on COVID. He's speaking the truth about Big Pharma, and that's a good thing. I just don't want people to start to, I'm hearing people say, like, oh, maybe he should run with Trump. No, that's a horrible idea. Um, That's a horrible idea. That's never going to happen. It's a bad idea. Because- he would
2: be a far better choice than Joe Biden, right? As almost anyone would solely based on the fact that he's right about one thing. Joe Biden's wrong about virtually
6: everything. Yes. Well, right? that, that that's fair, right? But I mean, yeah. him teaming up with a Republican, that's because like, he is he's a climate extremist, folks. I mean, he's one of these people who really thinks the world's going to and he believes that stuff. Rhonda in Minnesota, Rhonda, what do you got for us?
1: Hey, Buck, you were talking about at the beginning of the program having Carrie check the, you know, in San Francisco, if they've got it all locked up with plexiglass. Well, I live in Minnesota, and we're way ahead of the curve here. California must be following our lead because the target in downtown Minneapolis did that a long time ago. They were looted all the time. And so finally, they just, if you want toothpaste, you have to get an employee to unlock the cabinet. This
6: is crazy. I mean, it's
1: not even just, like, high-end things.
6: Outrageous, yeah. This no, thank you, Ron. I didn't know you, that was you, happening you were, in Minnesota.
2: I can't believe that's happening everywhere now. But this is how bad the shoplifting has gotten. Do you remember when we were kids? You're much younger than me, obviously. But when we were True. kids, you would get a video game, and you would have to get, like, in Toys R Us or whatever the place was, like, you would have to get them to go and unlock it because video games were expensive, and they were worried about kids stealing and everything else. Somebody has to unlock toothpaste now? Like, my mind is just blown that this is how bad shoplifting has gotten in many parts of the country.
6: Democrat prosecutors in Democrat-controlled cities have not only refused to enforce the laws, they have effectively nullified them by putting it out there that there's a limit. So if you steal less than $900 in San Francisco, you're not even getting arrested, folks. That's a lot. And think about all the times people steal, they don't even get caught. They have legalized stealing. That's what Democrats do.
0: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
1: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael